0: Welcome to the Televerse, the podcast just for TV. Because it's great, we're lucky they make so many fine programs to see. You're also invited to like to debate the merits of all that they've seen: comedy, genre, reality, drama, and anything that's in between. Welcome to the Televerse. Let's look at the show. Hello, and welcome to the Televerse. This is Kate Kalsic, joined us ever by Noel Kirkpatrick and uh, Noel. We're not. Wasting any time with TV news this week because it is episode 500 of the Televerse. <laughs> 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 yeah, like like get the get the sirens going, get the air horns. Um, it is kind of ridiculous. This the podcast has been going. I've been doing the podcast for 500 episodes, and yes. you've been officially doing the podcast. As my co-host for 275 episodes, as well as correct. several other guest appearances before then. Uh, we've been yeah, doing like three, this, I think. A, yeah, I have it written down. <laughs> it's okay. in my notes. We'll get there. Uh, but like, it's, uh, I I have never done anything else in my life for 500 weeks. <laughs> I haven't practiced for 500 weeks every single week. Like, well, you know, I practiced every week, but not like every day, like consistently, you know, mm-hmm. um, that's a that's a lot. That's a lot of things. So we're going to be doing and that, celebrating that with a retrospective uh, at the end of the, the podcast today. That's our special segment. We're going to look back a little bit on some of the shows that we've talked about and some of the experiences that we've had. And, um, yeah, just kind of go, huh. So it's, so it's a long time. It's many years. It's five hundred is a big round number. So I'm I'm, I'm excited for it.
1: Yeah, no, I I we've been creeping up on this obviously because that's how math works <laughs> and um and time. But yeah, it's really very wild to be thinking about it. Um, like you said, I started this in episode two twenty five, which was December fifteenth, uh, twenty fifteen, which I noted last year because it was my five year anniversary. Mm-hmm. And I was like, "Oh wow, yeah, five years! Wow, for me, it's five years." And I just went, and I still think of this as your podcast, even after five years, <laughs> which is ridiculous. I know, <laughs> absolutely I know, ridiculous. Know.
0: But yeah. but yes, I hear you.
1: <laughs> yeah. So, um, it's just it's very wild to me, um, because I just I still think of myself like. As a guest, almost like you could replace me at any moment.
0: Well, you know, just been waiting for Emily to call, right?
1: Right, exactly. I mean, I don't know how she hasn't. Honestly, uh, that joke's pretty stale at this point because we all know Allison would replace me at this at this, at this level. Um, and that's fine. I think the podcast would be much better if Allison replaced me.
0: Uh well, and you know, we're gonna we're gonna talk about um the various friends of the show, yes, um, our segment there. Um, but no, it's uh. It's just, it's been a wild ride and I've been so fortunate to have you as my co-host for a majority of the podcast and for the last five plus years, five and a quarter years. Which is years.
1: also wild to me to think about that. I've been on for the majority of time. I was just yeah. like, I surely someone else has been on longer than no. I have. And then I was going through archives and stuff and I went, oh, no, no, it's not close. It's not even close. No. Okay, then
0: <laughs> you are my co-host. We are co-pilots, yeah. <laughs> you know, just because you don't. You know, it doesn't feel like that, you know, sometimes I get that, you know, we yeah. all get we all get um, imposter syndrome and various other similar things where it's like, well, no, it's just it's the Barney Stinson method, right? How do you run mm-hmm. a marathon? Step one, start running. Step two, there there is no step two. So how do you keep a podcast going for 500 episodes? Step one, start a podcast. Step two, don't stop. <laughs> <laughs> and that's how you get to 500 episodes. It's not all that special, except the fact that it takes a stupid amount of work and
1: it's so much work on your side not a lot on mine as i always emphasize it, when it you takes, bring this up
0: it takes a lot of work on your side as well uh because i've also uh you know yeah it takes a lot of work even if you're not doing all the, the stupid um frustrating technical side of things it's still a lot of things to watch and a lot of thoughts to try to have hot takes on a lot of tv to uh process um and not not to mention dealing with with uh, me. <laughs> and the you're other, You're a delight
1: bearings. to deal with. Oh, I don't man. know what you're talking about.
0: Yes, I'm never overbearing at all. I never talk over anyone. And I'm always right on time. I never go long. It's great. Um, no,
1: all of the, all of that is accurate. <laughs> you like no, more seriously, you never talk over me and I talk over you constantly. So
0: <laughs> that's adorable. See, Because listeners and this more of this at the end of the show, but you know, as the person who edits the podcast, I just I know factually that is not true because I can see the squiggles because <laughs> <laughs> I have to edit the squiggles I have to go damn it Kate you did it again cut point edit point drag it over so we can hear each other you know yeah it's a uh... but I appreciate the sentiment I I'm glad that it doesn't feel like I do because I I'm trying I've tried over the years to get better about that I was terrible there's a I don't listen to the old Shows like I didn't go back and listen to like the early episodes of the podcast for this to prep for this because I was like, I don't think I could take that because I know it'll be terrible.
1: I should have done that. I've never actually listened to like the early, like the pre me parts of the podcast, um, (laughs) except episodes I like guested on. Um, because listeners, a fun pre peek behind the curtain, I don't listen to a lot of podcasts. (laughs) (laughs) Um, and, um, I've actually listened to more podcasts since the pandemic started, so I'm really worried about what's going to happen once it ends. Yeah. If it ends. Yeah. If it ends.
0: (laughs) Uh, lovely. Uh, Well, and that also is a good way to segue, too, of course, it's 500 episodes of the Televerse, but we all, we're already at 187 episodes of Streaming Place, and, uh... It doesn't
1: count. It doesn't count. (laughs)
0: Like, I have all of the episodes are up, um, on the MP3 feed, so that's where... If you want to see the grand total of how many episodes um, of everything, because I also have on the on that feed, um, you know, uh, uh, This Is Our Design, with Sean Coletti, the Hannibal podcast, of course, that you guested on so generously. Uh, and I say that for the number of times you were on.
1: Oh, boy, that finale.
0: But also the length of time.
1: Finale, man.
0: It was... It was, it was a lot. I'm so sweaty. <laughs> it was fun, but it was a lot. It was a lot yeah. to add. Like, I, it's one of those things that you look back on, you just cringe. You're like, how did I ask that of anyone? <laughs> you know? Uh, so currently, as we record here, this will be the 821st okay. published episode on the Televerse feed between the Walking Dead podcast that I used to do every week and the Game mm-hmm. of Thrones podcast I used to do every week. And this is our design And streaming in place and the televerse, that is an insane number uh, of things. So we'll have more reflections.
1: (laughs) What this tells me is that we actually need to keep streaming in place going so we can get it up to a thousand Really, fast.
0: That's what we need to do. Yeah. Well, and and actually that segues us into a bit of news because Mm -hmm. listeners, how do you get to a thousand podcasts? You just keep podcasting, but... That may not be happening and likely probably won't because I have some news, gentle listeners, and Noel already knows this, but you do not know this. I am pregnant and I am very excited to be pregnant and I'm due in June. And uh, one of the things I don't know, this is my my first pregnancy, but one of the things that does not, to my knowledge, go well with a newborn that you are the single parent of is... Uh, massive commitments to podcasts. So I will be stepping back from the podcast. We will be going on hiatus um, in June. Uh, so if the all of a sudden, like, we'll plan to, like, have a stop date. But if at, yes. all of a sudden there just isn't a podcast that week, it's probably because I went into labor. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and that's what happened. And if that does happen, then we will set up a time, do a call, and do a quick, like, Bye, guys, kind of episode. But we're planning to keep the podcast going up until June, but then going on hiatus, and then we'll assess, and maybe we'll come back in another form. Maybe we'll just end it there. Um, But, yeah, no one else wants to do the stupid amount of editing work that goes into this, um, which I fully respect.
1: I don't know how, and... I had listeners, like, Kate asked me when she told me, like, so what do you want to do with the podcast? And in my brain, I was just like, it's your podcast. You tell me what to do with it. (laughs) Um, That's not full circle, folks. That's not a callback. That's literally what my first thought was when she asked me. And my other thought was I can't do this with anyone else in part because I can't convince anyone else to do all this editing because (laughs) I don't have the time for it. And I don't know how Kate has the time for it. And, but I legitimately could not do this and would not want to do this with anyone else. So, um, yeah. So I, I'm both sad, but I'm also so very excited about our hiatus because I'm so excited to meet virtually. The little Kulzik baby.
0: Mm-hmm. It's going to be pretty exciting. But yeah. no, it, it, it's, it's you know, when I was processing all of this and like, okay, well, this, I'm going to have to, Noel is one of the first people outside my immediate family that I told because I was like, I'm going to have to give Noel some time to think about what he wants because I'm not going to be like, well, I'm having a baby. So you can't have your podcast anymore because in my head, this is very much our podcast is both of ours. So uh, I respect that, uh, that decision. Absolutely. And uh, we'll see where we're at. Um, You know, when I am hopefully at a certain point sleeping more,
1: (laughs) I have such bad news for you.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Who knows when that'll be, but um, so, you know, we may pop up. If you would like us to occasionally pop up, then stay subscribed. And, you know, if we pop up in your feed, we will. Um, Otherwise, you know, will keep you apprised via social media and, and all of mm-hmm. that. But it's been a, an amazing adventure, and I'm so, so, so fortunate to have been on this adventure with you uh, with this podcast for the past five and a quarter years. And uh, I, I've told Noel this many times, listeners, but if he had not agreed to do the podcast when he came on as my co-host, there would not have been a podcast for the past five years. I got very, very fortunate. Um, and I've you know it's been a, a true pleasure doing this podcast with you. We're going to get all sappy, I'm sure by the Yeah, we
1: are. the end should, of the show. We should we should save some of the sap for later. We'll
0: save it for later. Uh, yeah. Yeah.
1: Cuz we need to talk about other sappy things like the Superstore finale.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yes, which we absolutely 100% will. Um but yes, so so anyway, so that is that is the big news for me and and for the podcast. So listeners, if you have any requests of shows mm, mm-hmm. you want us to talk about or or things we just have to check out or see before we go on hiatus you got about like 10
1: 10 yeah, 12 episodes 10 12 weeks to like let us know really you have like four weeks to let us know because we try to map this stuff out now <laughs> yeah we've gotten better <laughs> about that in advance
0: well and you know you know i was reflecting back on like oh remember that time i watched like 30 episodes of cheers in like two days
1: to prepare oh, for man. that
0: or like the time that i watched like a five season show in a week and a half so because like I used to watch every episode of the shows yeah. that the DVD shelves were like yep. all of them, regardless of how many there were, which is the reason we didn't do Mary Hartman, Mary Hartman. <laughs> yeah, because there were 200 episodes. But um, yeah, we don't do that anymore. But we still do need to prep a
1: little bit in advance. So, yeah, yeah. I, I'll tell you and we'll get to this. Um, I, I miss it. And I blame my partner for all of it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I don't miss it. Uh, yeah, it was a very different... I was. I loved different.
1: being able to watch like the almost the entire run of Enterprise in a week and then talk about it with Caroline Sita.
0: That was <laughs> delightful, and I still can't believe that she defends that theme song. Uh, she stands by it to this day. Uh, but, yeah, more on Caroline and other friends of the show later at the end of this, of this segment, um, uh, at the end of the podcast for this week. So, yeah, if you have any questions, if you have any uh, recommendations for us... Uh feel free to reach out, uh, hit us up on social media, on Twitter and um on Facebook. Well, we have just a handful of shows we're talking about today in our weekend TV. So we're gonna go a little deeper with them, but then uh head right into our retrospective. So it should be should be a lot of fun. Um yeah, so let's take a break, listen to a little music, and come back with our week in TV.
1: Let's get loud.
0: TV, we're going to talk about the Superstore finale, perfect store, and all sales final. Then we'll talk a little bit about the Amber Ruffin show, March 26, 2021. Uh, Drag Race had the Nice Girls Roast, and Queen Sugar uh, had June 1st, 2020. Um, so we'll, I, I've seen that one, but we're also going to talk a bit, now that I'm caught up, about the previous episode as well and sort of where the season's at. Then the Falcon and the Winter Soldier had the Star Spangled Man. and With the Super- plan. <laughs> And then Supergirl had its premiere, uh, Rebirth. So we will talk about that as well. So first up is Superstore. And this, uh, again, just like the unicorn, I started seeing tweets about the finale of Superstore and everything. And I was just like, wait, that's, is that, that's, that's now? I Because I had forgotten that they were only doing 15 episodes this season. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I was not ready for the show to be done. And I already miss it. And I think this may not have been their strongest season, but I think it was still very much a, a, a on-brand and, and at appropriate level, considering COVID and everything, all those restrictions. I think they went out well. I think they told a compelling narrative. And I think they were very smart and <laughs> fortunate to get America Ferrer back to kind of bring things full circle at the very end of the show, uh, despite not having uh, her for most of the season. I was happy with these episodes. What, what did you think of the finale of Superstore?
1: I think it's a perfectly fine pair of episodes. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I know that's like damning with a praise and I kind of am a little bit. Um, I think it's the only season finale that they could have done with this season Mm -hmm. is the kind of the way I feel about it. I don't really feel like it's a great series finale for what the show became, especially across seasons four and five. Um, but this was the only season finale I think that they could reasonably do given season six. And on that level, I think it's a successful enough season finale. Um I it's just, it left me a little frustrated, really. Um so not in like a bad way, not in a, oh, this tarnishes the Superstore, the show of our times kind of way, the stealth show of our times. And it doesn't tarnish it for me. It's just it like a, It is the finale that they could only do because of this season. And a lot of that's America Ferrera. A lot of that's the pandemic. And I think that what it, we ended up getting, I think, was good overall. It just... It was a little sweeter than I think the show has been. And a little... Yeah. Ultimately, I think that the decision to really refocus on Jonah and Amy was the thing that bothered me. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also sort of, it was just weird because they had to deal with the America for of it all. And that was really where all of this comes from. So how did you feel about the Jonah and Amy refocusing of the finale in particular, because they're really the driving force behind this finale.
0: Well, yeah, very much so. I think that, uh, you know, if they had had a seventh season, we would have got a very different finale, I think. Mm-hmm. Cause, cause I don't think they would have brought Amy back. Um, and they certainly would not have centered their relationship again as like the full circle element to 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 latch into um but that's interesting that for you this was too sweet because it is it is sweet uh, parts of it but also like everybody all but five of the people lose their jobs and there's no promise that they're gonna get other jobs immediately um so I, for me that really helped um I guess just keep it from being saccharine um. Uh, mm-hmm. And yes, it's everything that Jonah and Amy is very rushed. And I've never been like the biggest Jonah, Amy stand. That's not the most interesting corner of the show to me. Um, but I mean, I, I, I hear what you're saying, especially when you have Jonah and Amy and then you also have um, uh, Dina and Garrett and then you also have uh, some like the hardware store, which is immediately going to go out of business. Like
1: there's oh, no way immediately. There's no way. With Mateo and Cheyenne working there, are you kidding me? In
0: this climate? (laughs) In this market? No, no way. Zero percent chance that that is going to actually work and not just drain their life savings and they go out of business. Um, So it's one of those things that I think in a a finale for any show, but certainly a sitcom like this, um, I'm more forgiving of uh, and I'm more able to go, oh, that's sweet. I mean, we all know that that's doomed and, you know. But maybe some of the viewers don't want to think it is. So that's you guys can hold on to that, and I'm I'm gonna be over here, uh, not thinking that that is the case. Uh, I liked some of the stuff we got. I liked the decision to close down the store. I liked how they handled it. They're gonna do the Jonah Amy thing. I liked the way they did the breakup of Jonah and his new girlfriend. So I thought it was pretty subtle of just like that lunch being like this is why they're not the right fit. Um, and I thought. There are some things that they handled pretty well. But I do agree that this is a very different finale than we would have gotten if this wasn't a transitional season that ended up being the last season.
1: Yeah. Um and so I'm gonna counter your point about the about the kind of the on ness of like everyone kinda lost their jobs. Um well, no, almost everyone lost their jobs, period. Um, with yeah, but they all seem pretty solid and happy at the cookout that we've got. And that, for me, kind of undercuts the like, larger message that the show was really kind of driving out, especially in the last two seasons, about how capitalism and companies and monopolies and just don't care. And I think that there's this strong sense of, like, the community survives despite, in spite of that. But the show's been really good about demonstrating that sometimes survival is all you can get and that that barbecue isn't just survival it's celebration and it just for me it kind of undercut a lot of the other stuff that they've done across particularly again the last few seasons um and i don't want to begrudge the show wanting to really do kind of a happy ending because i want that i think we all want that but it just it rang a little hollow as a result um, even as much as I do want a great spin-off with Dina and Sandra and Marcus and Justine all there working in the distribution center of it um which we're not getting I, I think we're still getting the Cheyenne and Bose spin-off though I Very. think we are yeah um but I just yeah, so that that just rang it didn't ring like totally right for me um so that just, it kind of undercut a lot of that for me.
0: Yeah, I hear you. Well, and, yeah. and, you know, for me, it was, you know, we don't know how many years into the future this is. Sure.
1: Yeah. They do that montage at the end is very vague about all of that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, and also in my head, they're still in California. Like Amy and Jonah have flown in to visit Amy's family because her brother still lives there. And, -hmm. They timed it to the cookout, but they don't actually live there and see the like my. This shows you how invested I am in these characters that I was like, yeah, establishing timelines for them all and like how all these different things. Um, I think, uh, there are parts of that that I buy more than others. I buy Dina and Garrett together because I, yes, because I ship them, yes, in the future. Mateo and uh, Amy's brother, I should remember his name, Adam. Thank you. Uh, like, I thought that was actually kind of rushed this season, uh-huh. their relationship. But I thought that it was actually really sweet and well done. I thought the uh-huh. like the conversations that they had were actually... Um, and the way that they handled that was actually pretty great. But that's the one where I'm like, I don't know if they're still together. X number of years in the future, maybe. Hopefully, that's delightful. And I really don't believe that they are all... Okay, I believe that this cookout... That Glenn and Drusha are hosting. I believe that Glenn has everyone's email and still is emailing them. I don't believe that the rest of the group are all responding to the emails and showing up.
1: Yes. But. Again, it's the, you want that happy ending. You want that kind of idyllic, because it's sun-soaked. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, it's aggressively sun-soaked. So, yeah, you want that happy ending. And I don't want to begrudge anyone a happy ending for this, um, and the both of the episodes are still really, really good. I think. Um, um, I particularly liked the interviews, um, the job interviews that. Yeah. <laughs> he recorded just so that no one thought he was doing anything.
0: <laughs> because his pastor, thirty different people made up false or whatever it was.
1: <laughs> yeah. No. Just Glenn. Buddy. Yep. Um, but those were really good. And I really liked those. Um, and I like that look back that we got from everyone.
0: I also so, liked um, that the one person from corporate was like, oh, no, don't worry. They're, they're not closing down the store. Yeah, oh, All these people are getting fired. But no, they're not closing. this. It's like,
1: <laughs> you've missed the point. <laughs> well, no, they're closing the store. They're just re- retrofitting it into a distribution center.
0: Yeah. It's like, this um, is not making me feel better. Five people get to keep their job. That's great for those five people, but like that is not. You've missed the point, and that we and we can see why. Um, Amy was not necessarily, the the part of the corporate culture. You know, even though yeah, she
1: but you know, once once you're once you're a corporate executive, it's real easy just to stay a corporate executive.
0: Yeah, that was great. I also like that was the, an
1: excellent line.
0: The whole thread of like maybe we can just be the perfect store, and then you know it's like which is mm-hmm. obviously immediately doomed. Um yes. but yeah, I enjoyed I enjoyed this episode. I absolutely hear what you're saying though about the the tone of it and not necessarily or not fitting with the overall messaging and themes of the show. Um but yeah I still I still enjoyed it and I will certainly miss this show.
1: Yeah, no, absolutely. Absolutely gonna miss it. Um my only other thing is I really enjoyed them redoing a lot of the uh customer intercessals. Mm-hmm. Um, in these episodes from like the first couple of first like the pilot and stuff. Um, I just really loved having those back. And I really hope those were the same kids. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, they're they've been a, a delightful part of the uh they've been a delightful part of the show since its very beginning. So yeah, definitely. Um okay, well let's move on to our next show, which is the Amber Ruffin show, which I wanted to mention just because I thought this was a fantastic episode. Every single yes. bit. Every part of it. This, I think this may be their best episode so far.
1: I'd agree with that. Um, This is the episode with, like, the vaccine dance, right? Yeah, the
0: dream ballet. They did, <laughs> I was they did a dream
1: ballet, folks. With
0: my family. I was like, she's such a dork. Amber Ruffin is such a dork, and I love it. She has a dream ballet about getting vaccinated. Like, of course. Of course. <laughs> yeah.
1: No, it's it's a very, very good episode. Um And... Yeah, so what else did you want to highlight from this episode, apart from the Dream Ballet, which is excellent?
0: We've got, I liked the spring cleaning segment, which I thought was fantastic. Uh, I thought the filibuster segment was was fantastic, but also very timely. And, you know, with the discussions that have been going on, I also liked the how to tell when a crime is a hate crime. It was, it was, it was, it was a whole, like the whole episode, all of it good.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Um, so, yeah, it was just very on point.
1: Yeah, and I think one of the... I know it's not supposed to be the funny part of the spring cleaning episode of the sketch, but um, watching the props become less and less elaborate and then just become a series of bead necklaces (laughs) because they didn't have any other props or ran out of money to make the props was just real kind of solid icing of we're doing this on a shoestring budget. Type of deal. And I really, really liked that, Um, even if it's not an intentional sort of joke. Um, And I do want to also, like you mentioned the filibuster thing, and it's worth mentioning overall that I think that the how did we get here segment is becoming stronger the more they do it. Yeah. Um, Which admittedly they have like a really solid model to base that off of between... Uh, Closer look but also the entirety Of John Oliver Mm -hmm. Um, But they're doing it really efficiently With significantly less space than either Of those other shows (laughs) devote To these kinds of presentations Um, So I'm really Digging it and I think that the other thing that I really Like about them particularly within the past couple Weeks is that Ruffin Is increasingly Emoting and like cracking um, Which is not A knock here um, because I really like that. I like that honesty.
0: It doesn't feel like a crutch. It feels like you're saying it feels authentic. And that's yes. the difference. Yeah. Um, between, you know, a more, <laughs> the, the, the cracks that get frustrating, um, on certain eras of SNL, for example, Fallon, um, yeah. and, and then like something like what we've been seeing the last couple episodes for her. Yes, yeah.
1: exactly. Yeah. 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 Because there's just an, an honesty to it, um, that I really, really like. And really appreciate. And I think it really, it does also play into Ruffin's overall persona. Um, but I still really like it. So I don't think it's manufactured. But I do think it enhance- it does play into her star image, if you will.
0: Yeah. No, I agree. Yeah. It's it's, it's, it's like this, um, keep moving of its show energy that they yes. have throughout. And so when they have the more like, what, what did you just, Tarek, what did you just say? That is absolutely ridiculous we're gonna look up the answer before the end like we're not gonna redo the take we're just, we'll are we we'll get an answer to you but and then they always do by the last segment
1: also legend of zelda wind waker is a great game yeah. i am not <laughs> sure what anyone says it's real good it's on the gamecube but it's very very good it's like one of the best zelda games everyone you get to sail a boat
0: yeah but you also have to sail a boat and some of those boat sailing things are way too long
1: they are very long i i, I acknowledge that Um, but it's still really good.
0: Yeah. It was one of those like, I got that. It was very Cap American. Like I got that reference. I don't get any of the other gaming references, but I got that one. Um, Over on drag race, they had their roast, which is the nice girls roast. We're down to now our top five at the end of the episode. And this was another one where it was just like, okay, here are three of the top four and they are in a different category. And here are the other three people only one of whom is going through to the finale. Um, so what, what what did you think of, uh, of the roast and the, everyone's performances?
1: I really appreciate how much the show and Rue want us to think that Candy has a shot at winning this. <laughs> um, I really appreciate their dedication to the bit. Like they're really, really committed to making us think that Candy has a chance of winning. Um, by giving her a win that she didn't need or... i thought she
0: totally did apparently i'm in the minority here because i've been seeing that as well because i thought she killed it i thought she was definitely i agreed with the judges i thought she was the clear best performer at the roast at least based on the edit we saw
1: yeah i mean again based on the edit maybe but i really liked rosé a lot and i liked rosé's look a lot more for the uh for the roast as well than candy's Ah, i see i like
0: candy's look more and i didn't like rosé's look so that's part of it probably yeah okay
1: Yeah. No, that makes sense then. Um, So I think that that is just, like, the weird division that's cropping up, particularly, like, with this season of the, what I said last week of her, her, um, and all of that. Um, So I don't want to harp on it too much because I legitimately do feel like it's just there to try to gin up more, like, drama and the horse race mentality of anything could happen kind of deal when we all clearly know what's going to happen (laughs) yeah um in theory listeners kate's giving me a face right now that is indicating that i do not know what is going to happen this week i'm not
0: trying to (laughs) because i think you do but you know we'll see who knows maybe it's not going to be the top four that we all think it's going to be yeah that could happen
1: I'm I'm now suddenly very unsure about everything in my existence right now because of Kate's comments. We'll talk about um, it next time. <laughs> yeah. So the I think really the only other thing of notes about this is wow, Simone just no, Ooh, just rough. rough, Um, But then also Simone owes Utica like an edible arrangement for doing worse. Yeah. Um. Just absolutely terrible um watching simone devolve into very prickliness about critiques and just coming off as harsh um was a swerve um and i'm really curious how much of that was edited out in the early run if at all and Mm -hmm. it just kind of became more apparent and they couldn't (laughs) edit around it going forward um do you mean utica Utica, yes. Sorry. Yeah, I was
0: going to say, because I was trying to remember, Simone, I, I feel like Simone's been, if anything, too attentive to the critiques. But but Utica, 100%.
1: Yeah, no, no, sorry. I was talking about Utica, so I apologize. Um, I don't, like I said, it was just real rough to watch. Um, mm-hmm. Both, like, the rehearsal and just the general sense of, how much of this is really performative? Because you're very concerned about appropriation, but... <laughs>
0: Yeah, but your yeah. go-to is fat jokes that are not jokes, which is the trouble, you know? And I saw a lot of... Uh, and, and also, I don't know if you remember, that was also one of Utica's go-to at the uh, Snatch Game as well when mm-hmm. when she was flailing was to call pork chop fat. Yeah. Uh, and and the, the issue here, and I've seen some different people reacting to this, uh, to the critiques of Utica on this, being like, how you know like it's oh it's so it's okay when you know Rose ends with a roast joke about candy and like all these jokes about Nina West that everybody was doing it's like the, the difference is they were jokes yes Utica kept just do and Simone as well they were just doing a setup and no punchline yeah and like you could get away with that you you know like something like like i want to say like there's a Bianca Del Rio moment uh from from her season where she just goes like, "You're old" or something like that, yes. right? But but that's because it's following several setup punchline 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 punchline. Just like, and then then you've gotten enough momentum going, you've got enough goodwill going that you can just do that, and it's still funny, right? The, you know, saying RuPaul is so old that she signed the Declaration of Independence as t- parent slash guardian, which is. An excellent line. Well done. It's very good. Olivia. Like, and, and that's the kind of joke that only a younger queen is going to think of. Someone who is less you know, has less time separating them from when they needed permission slips. Um, yes. Versus uh, Utica saying to uh, Michelle, well, you do look like a mom. Like, You look like one. It's like, what? In a tone that it's supposed to be a read or it's supposed to be a cutting you know, daring joke. It's like is is that? Are you saying that she's looks like she's given birth, so that she's larger? Are you saying that she looks old, as in she is old enough to have kids? This is this is supposed to be something that she's like offended by, and that's what's funny. But it's there's there's no joke. And I would have liked if the episode had more analysis like that. Yes, because they just kept saying, "But it's got to be funny." Yes, yeah. but it's not actually a joke. And I, I mean, it seems pretty clear to me that Utica was not understanding what that meant. Yes. And and this is not, you know, it's not Michelle's area. She's not a comedian. She's funny, but she's not a stand-up comedian or anything like that. That's something that you could, you know, if it was not COVID and you could bring in a comedian to workshop with them maybe they would be able to explain better. But I've, you know, I've watched some of the older episodes with Russ and even when they bring comedians in, a lot of times they don't actually walk them through the details of it because there's nothing less interesting than watching a magician be like, Oh, actually the card is here. And, and so comedians, a lot of times are not going to just spell out the basics to what makes things funny. Cause it's not compelling TV. Um, but yeah, that was the difference was that Utica was just saying things that were mean and be like, see, it's funny. Cause it's mean. It's like, no. no. needs to be creative.
1: <laughs> yeah. And I mean, your point about uh, Bianca Del Rio, I think, is really accurate because I actually went back and watched her stand-up set from her season because I wanted to show it to my partner as well because she hasn't seen the Del Rio season. I was just like, we may need to watch this because it's hilarious because um, mm-hmm. she's a comedy queen. So it's great. But yes, no, she just lays into that crowd from the sen- from the seniors that they trucked in <laughs> for that crowd of like, no, I'm over here. I over here. Pearl Harbor was really hard on you, wasn't it? Um, <laughs> and just like you said, this really rapid fire stuff, but that, like you said, engenders a sort of um, camaraderie and fun of like, yes, yes, I'm old. Yes, thank you. Um, but also like then... Un- Del Rio was also typically really good at also directing that back at herself, which is also really, really important because it ends with, it ends with like, we spoke the language of my people, knock, knock, housekeeping, et cetera, et cetera. Um, And so there's a lot of stuff that like points it back internally as well to mind comedy. And that doesn't do that at all. Yeah. Um, so the meanness is very directed outward and there's not a self critique or self deprecation anywhere within that system, which is really kind of important to have. Um, if you're going to do mean stuff, you need to be able to redirect it somewhere else, but it is also always better to punch up than down. Mm -hmm. Um, and that was just, Utica didn't punch. She just like took a bazooka to an unwarranted target. Basically, disproportional response is really what it is.
0: Yeah. Well, and again, like Candy and Rose kept in some self deprecating humor. The other queens did not. Uh And I think that speaks to both of their experiences working crowds and doing more, uh, you know, comedy. In general, even though Candy isn't a comedy queen necessarily, but she's worked a lot of open mics where you have to wrangle the crowd, that kind of thing. Um, So that's an important part of it. Absolutely. Strong agree. uh, Wholeheartedly agree with you there. Um, But then also it's just while Utica, the person out of drag is part of a marginalized group, Utica, the persona of the care of her, her drag persona is a stylish tall, thin, beautiful woman. Mm-hmm.
1: That's a great point.
0: And so it's things read very differently coming from Utica like the actual like out of drag identity person that you know that has a separate name that the show never uses versus that like I look like a model in this fabulous outfit right with my perfect makeup right So so lashing as a as a white woman, oh young, thin, beautiful, and uh, rich-looking white woman lashing out at a, uh, a, a audience, or in this case, the judges, for being overweight and being old and, be, and, and in the case of what I love, also being a woman of color. That's a very, very different thing. And it's, you know, there's all these intersecting identities. But Bianca Del Rio, when she's doing that, is doing it with a massive clown face that she actively, you know, she's the comedy clown. but she, it's a gr- she goes for the, the, a grotesque kind of thing, and so that does that again. So the same jokes, if she was painted for beauty, versus for that effect, would read in a different way.
1: And yeah, that's a, another excellent point.
0: So, so and that's something this show doesn't touch on or get into, and it's because obviously as a a queer person growing up and living in a sm- in small town rural minnesota as a, as a seventh day adventist who um, who is a who is very religious and devout but whose church also is not good with gay people <laughs> according to utica um you know and which she talked about in um much packing with michelle because michelle asked her about that um and like that that's a very different thing than you know, like it's complicated, and I could see how that's maybe something that um you would want a judge, you would want a coach, you would want somebody else to like kind of step you through because Utica, the person who with this lived experience, I'm sure or i I would feel safe saying, does not consider himself that in that way when he's writing this, you know, like is not thinking about what is what is this going to mean coming from. The drag persona versus me, uh, especially because they, you know, they know they're going to do all roast, but they don't know the specifics until they show up, right? So, you know, and then you add the the stress of the situation, the stress of this season in particular with COVID and isolation, mm-hmm. the yeah. uh, and and the lack of sleep and the stakes of. Are you going? You're only a couple of weeks away from the finale, you know, and you start bombing. And what do you, uh, what do you hold on, lash onto? Uh, and and oh, uh, they're supposed to be uh, mean. They're, that's what makes them funny. I'll just be mean, right? Like it's understandable. And I think that's why the the judges went out of their way to be very gentle in their critiques um, of the bottom queens. And yeah. uh, so like you know, and and they've all she's Unify uh, has apologized uh, for for the fatphobic language and, and humor and all and all that and the other people that she was directing at have been like it was a roast it's fine we're all good no it's good um but that's you know it's, it's i would not want to be in that situation i can't imagine having to to do a roast if you are not a comedy person if you are not a comedy queen and especially with these level this level of visibility and stakes um but yeah you're right uh simone is very fortunate to go before you yeah
1: yeah, And I mean, it would have been fine even going after Utica because you would have... I think actually Simone would have been better going after Utica because people would have wanted to laugh a yeah. little bit. Oh yeah, she would have
0: done better. It still wouldn't have been great, but you know, Gottmik really benefited from that. Gottmik did a terrific job. She was just fantastic.
1: Really, but... really good. Um, Yeah, no, I really liked A. mixed look was really good. Oh, best um, luck. For the roast. Was just like really terrific. Um, But the stand-up The roasts bit was actually really, really solid as well. Um, And I was actually really surprised by that because I figured the Paris Hilton thing was largely based on the fact that they know Paris Hilton. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, So, and based on like the edit and everything else that we were getting in the workroom and with the rehearsal, I was just like, oh, this isn't going to be good, but it's probably going to be better um, (laughs) than what we got with the two preceding queens. And also the queen that went after Mick, yeah. Um, because woof, yeah. Woof, At least she got Olivia. a couple.
0: But well, see, yeah. for me, I was not surprised that Got Mick did well, and I was not surprised that Rose and Candy were like Got Mick's going to do like they're like yeah she's going to be great. Uh, she's doesn't think she is, but we know she is because of how she handled the improv challenge and mm-hmm. the the back and forth with Ross while yeah. like. To, to go with the miming, I thought she did that really well. Very dry delivery, good timing, um, able to like quick, like picking up those things well. So, I wasn't when she started doing well, I wasn't surprised. It was like, Yeah, that the tracks is what we've seen, um, from her, but again, it was she had set up punchline, set up yep. punchline, and that's that's the difference. She didn't just say UTI, she did yes. for Utica, she said UTI. And you make me itchy and uncomfortable, and I need a bottle of pills to forget you,
1: right? Yes, exactly. Yeah. No, that's that's great. Um, do you have anything else about this? No, other
0: than uh, I'm looking forward to getting uh to the finale, or I don't know if there's gonna be top four, or top three. I don't know how they're gonna do the finale this year. Mm -hmm. Now that they know it's they can't have an audience, right? You know, I think a lot of uh, maybe our assumptions are out the window for what they might do now that they've had versus season twelve. Where they had to kind of figure it up out pretty quickly. Um, mm-hmm. So I'm very curious if they're going to do something similar to what they did last time, but like on the main stage, or if they're going to do something else. Normally they have a bunch of time off in between, and I can't imagine they're going to do that this time. So it's interesting. We'll see. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Any final thoughts? No. No. Well, let's head over to a very different. Feel of an episode, which is Queen Sugar, June first, twenty twenty, and I thought you know this was another really strong episode. Um, I it, the choice to have it be a f- like the weekend after, or like the few days after uh, the murder of George Floyd, and we're watching every all the characters are still of course very much uh, in that uh, in that space and in dealing with that trauma and that pain and reacting in different ways. Um, I thought it worked uh, really well. I, I like the some of the choices they have, are particularly. I'm um, worried for and um, appreciating how they're handling some of the choices with Hollywood and Vi. Uh, I am worried for Charlie, and I think in a good way. Um, okay. And like a good way, meaning I I like some again. I like the some of the choices they're making there, and I'm curious what they're going to mean. Um, even though I want to tell her call again, and you'll know what I mean when you watch it. Call them back. Just try again. They okay. will pick up the phone. Um, but uh, we'll see what happens with that. But let's talk a little bit more now that we've all seen it about the previous mm-hmm. episode, uh, which was just as you said, like that last scene. They crushed oh. it. Uh, yeah. It was. It's rough, but uh, but you know, I think very uh, well handled. Um, and I, I like the. I liked the range of. Uh, of reactions and Uh methods of processing that day that we see throughout the characters. They wanted to clearly show a spectrum of reaction between like, I need to watch everything to Uh I need to not be around this to, you know, do you call and tell Ralph Angel and Darla to turn on the TV, you know, and completely change their honeymoon, right? like. I thought that those were all really interesting choices that tracked with the characters. And, you know, Queen Sugar, like I said last week, Queen Sugar is going to Queen Sugar. They did a great job.
1: Yes. Yeah, they did. So, no, and I'm excited to watch um, this week's episode, as I always am. I just, I didn't get to sleep until after midnight last night. Um, So I'm just like, I, I, I can watch Supergirl. But even then, I kind of went, and we'll get to this. Wait, what is happening?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no, better to to watch when you'll actually be able to take it in. Yeah. Um, Well, let's move on to The Falcon and the Winter Soldier, The Star-Spangled Man. And we were going to skip this one, but then we were like, uh, we got to stand for our guy Wyatt Russell here for Dud, um, who is already doing so much terrific work as the new Captain America. Um, And I think it's so sweet how the show wants us to think that we're going to get it. They're going to get us on board with him. um Because I, no, <laughs> yeah. but, but in through good writing and good, in good performance and like, you know, like they're obviously to me, at least it feels like they're setting up these like parallel lines of like, here's all the reasons on paper that he's a good, a worthy successor. And he has the best intentions and all these different things. And the very blatant, look, he's got a black friend too, you know? Um, mm-hmm. so that we can see, like, you know, get later in the season, I assume, our contrast with this is why Cap chose Falcon. This is why Cap chose Sam.
1: Yeah, um, Russell's really great. Um, we knew, we knew that from Lodge 49 that he was really great. Mm-hmm. Um, but he hits, and a lot of this is also in the writing, and I really want to emphasize that, um, is that the script and his performance both really hit, the ways in which Walker feels both humble, but also deeply, deeply arrogant about being in this role. Um, That whole scene in the locker room, I think, is great. Like, it's really, really good and it does a really great job of making you go, oh, this is a guy that gets it. This is a guy that understands it. And then it just slowly keeps pivoting away from that over the course of the episode um and his insistence that like you need a plan we're here to help we're going to help you to yeah no bucky belongs to me now um and it's just like all this stuff by the end of the episode that you're just like what happened but it's really good and it's really efficiently done um which is a kind of a relief after the previous episode which didn't feel very efficient. This episode feels aggressively efficient in how very well it sketches out Walker as a, like, probably, for the moment, third-level antagonist for -hmm. the season, even though he'll probably escalate um, as the season escalates. But I really liked what they did with Walker and how they positioned him, and Russell's just really, really good. I like how both horribly uncomfortable he looks in that outfit but also how much he doesn't out of the outfit he doesn't look like he fits in it Mm -hmm. um because he's not bulked um and so the suit is adding the bulk but he is not bringing it and i really like that distinction that we get um so i think that there's a lot of things going on in this episode that i really really like um how did you feel about like we got a lot of Bucky and Sam stuff in this episode. Um, and I do want to ask you how you felt about the therapy, the impromptu therapy session as well. Um, because I didn't love it for a point that my my partner pointed out of Sam ran groups. Sam knows the importance of this kind of stuff. And yet... <laughs> and
0: yet, yeah, no, there's... um, they sh- Yeah, they're going for uh, some... Easy humor. They're they're going to establish their rapport um, for what suits the show rather than what necessarily makes sense for the characters. And uh, you know, I don't love some of the queer baby stuff that's in there. Um, if it's if it's just wink and a an nod fan service, then I'm all for it. But you know, we'll see. We'll see what happens. I don't anticipate anything that will be satisfying to the viewership watching for that element of the show.
1: Um, no, absolutely not. They're not going to do that.
0: They're not going <laughs> to do anything with Bucky that would satisfy fans. <laughs> no. um, the uh, The... I do think some of it's funny. I think they step on the timing of the best, one of the best bits in there, which is like the the soul gazing that immediately turns into a staring contest is over way too quickly. And there should be more transition there. Like if they gave that a little Mm -hmm. space to breathe, it would have been way funnier. She picks up on it quickly because she's the therapist and everything. But like that should take her just a second longer to figure out because it should be a more subtle progression in their physicality. And that would work better. Um, But no, I absolutely like... He should be... But
1: to be fair, staring is Bucky's whole personality now.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I like that threat. Like, there's a lot of good stuff, I think, in there Mm -hmm. with that. But, you know, I am very much missing in this episode. Sam's family. uh, I have lots of questions about how do they get across the world to go investigate this. Like, they don't have money. They don't just, you know. So, that doesn't work. This whole, like, we're lone agent, like, rogue, it's like, you don't have... Uh, like a war machine suit that can fly you around the world and you s- just have an inexhaustible supply of fuel. So you're fine. Right. Yeah. H- how are y'all getting there? But I did think the fight scenes were solid. Uh, I liked some of the reveals that we got. I liked the fake out with the hostage. Um, I like seeing like, it's, it's also dumb. Bucky is, is smarter than like, these there's only three guys. Let's just go. Like that's very dumb. Yes. Um, yeah. But it works. But he wants in the to moment. punch
1: some stuff. He needs to punch some stuff.
0: That's true. Uh, but so I, I mean, I had fun with it, and I really like. You was uh, intrigued and uh, heartened by the approach to Walker, and uh, and with that performance as well. Um, so we'll see what we'll see what comes next. Any Zemo comes
1: next. I'm so excited. <laughs> Zemo's back. I know, listeners. I know. I'm the only person excited about Zemo. I get it. But I just, you gotta love a villain whose whole plan is not blowing up the world.
0: (laughs) Yeah, there's that. It's nice to have something a little different. Well, and speaking of, I mean, Lex Luthor just not only, goes takes one episode to go from I'm going to kill Supergirl to I'm going to become the anti-monitor and destroy every planet in existence. Like, it's absolutely ridiculous. We have the Supergirl premiere, Rebirth. Um, there's some good stuff in here. I had fun with it more or less. Parts of it work, parts of it don't. Um, but holy queer baiting Batman. Like they, like they can't do this premiere and not have them end game, right? Right?
1: I feel like I, I mean, I don't, I don't trust the show.
0: I don't trust the show either. It's just like so, so. heavy handed that it's like, a, like this felt like a new level. Like this was like a new threshold for them beyond yep. like the r100th episode is a kara and lena uh love story you know like this was like old married couple like finally rebuilding their trust like yeah like it was it was next level
1: mhm and i don't trust them not to just go yeah no the the the, the guy reporter that's still here <laughs> Him. I can't the believe she game. didn't the tell me. Folks.
0: It's like, uh, I can, we all can. We, we all can believe she didn't tell you. Cause it's like, you're on a different show, dude. <laughs> um, what did you think of our stuff with Brainy and Dreamer?
1: It was fine. Um, I, I, I really have sort of checked out from a large parts of like the emotionality of the show, regrettably. Um, in part because I just don't trust the show anymore. Yep. Um, but I think that both of the actors make it work. And that's really the important thing here is that the actors make it work. Um, and that that's that's key because I don't think it would have without the two of them. And the fact that I do think that both of them have clearly done more legwork on their own than the script has the scripts have afforded them. And I think that comes through in their scenes across this episode of how they deal with Brainiac's betrayal, but also the reasons for that, but also the fact that again, it's important to communicate with your partner, and that comes through here. And I think, yeah, so that's that's how that's how I feel about it. Um, how did that work for you then?
0: Oh, I I think it was it was like oh good, you've decided to use one of the strongest parts of your show again because it yeah. was dumb when you didn't. Um, yeah. So I, I thought that was promising for what's to come. Um, they. Hyped a bunch, of, bunch of stuff with uh, McGann and and then didn't follow through with with it. I thought like this will change everything, and then like nothing. So we'll see if there's more coming with that. Um, yeah, McGann and, and John, um, and also just it's just very scattered. Like it's hard to that was
1: going to be my point.
0: Yeah. yeah, it's hard to knock the episode. Like Crier is just having so much fun. He's just like.
1: God, that Going montage.
0: I did like you I didn't like it. I wanted to like it.
1: I get I get it. Like, I mean it's very forced, I think is the main problem. Um but Cryer is having a good time, so I'm sort of enjoying it, but I'm also just like, I don't I don't mm-hmm. buy it. Um also those grenade explosions needed to be much bigger.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah. Well, I was like, as a crier, you are doing everything a person could do or could be expected to possibly do to make this work. And I love Queen. And if that if those two things, you know, and I I enjoy camp, I enjoy ridiculousness. Mm -hmm. You know, if those things are not enough to get me on board with your montage in the fortress, like why? I just think, why are there guns just sitting out on a rack like that? That does not make any sense for the fortress it doesn't make any sense for Well, he
1: got into the armory which they they make a very specific point of mentioning yeah but that Um, is a dumb way to do an
0: armory armory. i don't believe that's how any any of the i don't think that's how clark would build his armory i don't believe that's how Kara would build her armory
1: like no it is like they're they keep weapons and stuff in the fortress of solitude Yeah, just like on the shelf like that
0: not yeah, like, no, they're
1: normally in, like, cases and stuff, but, I mean... That, that's what I was saying, like,
0: I wanted it to be in the case, I wanted it to be, Well, he like, took them all out
1: and brought them to the main room where there's a much bigger stage for him to perform.
0: <laughs> that's true, that does seem Lex. That seems very Lex. Yeah, touche. Um, any, any other thoughts about what we get here?
1: Well, I mean, Kate, you skipped over really the most important part, which was the opening where they dealt with Leviathan me. Good. Good. <laughs> I was like what is happening right now did i miss a step why does she look like some sort of villain from a cd-rom game from 1990
0: oh i remembered that from the finale too so i was like oh yup. i've
1: totally forgot from the finale
0: then yeah no, oh, no that is that was not new
1: <laughs> oh man i thought that was new woof okay yeah mm-hmm. no that really contributed to me feeling like this was very scattered um so but you know, Brenda Strong's still alive, so I'm okay. I'm good.
0: <laughs> yeah, Lillian uh, off, you know, getting into shenanigans. Um, yeah, we'll see. We'll see what happens. But uh, I think the Phantom Zone thing
1: could be interesting. Hopefully. I also don't know how long we're going to stay there, well, but we'll see. There's that.
0: Details. Um, well, <laughs> on that less than promising start to to Supergirl season, uh, what wins your week in TV?
1: Uh, Amber Ruffin show this week. What about you?
0: Yeah, I'm going to give it to Amber Ruffin as well with a nod to the Superstore finale um, uh, and Queen Sugar. But yeah, I'll give it to Amber Ruffin. Now we'll take a break and listen to a little bit of music and come back with our retrospective on the 500th episode of the podcast. We'll be right back.
1: It takes a lot to make us do A pinch of salt and laughter too a scoop of kids to add the
0: should love to make So, that was, of course, one of the more memorable things that I've watched during my tenure on this podcast, which is, of course, too many cooks. Uh, oh, yes. It's the right choice, the, right? Like, the correct
1: choice. Correct the choice. best show of the decade.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, we're just going to have a bit of a free flowing conversation here about some of our thoughts looking back on the podcast uh, and, and sort of what the experience has, has been like. Um, I've got some, I thought I would kick things off with a few friends of the show and some shout outs because, uh, so the, the first episode of the podcast came out in September, September 3rd of 2011. And, uh, I have a list here and it's not exhaustive because there've been 500 episodes and for a very long chunk of the time of the show, there was a different or a, a, a different guest. Not all one-time guests, but there were different guests on every single episode. And that lasted until 2017. And Uh if you have any any idea, if you're not sure, listeners, why that changed, it had to do with the uh, uh, orange buffoon in chief and how much stress I could take in my life at that point. (laughs) And And another set of emails scheduling every week and trying to find people to come on the podcast was not... Possible for me, so that's why we backed away from that. Uh, but this is not an exhaustive list of friends of the show, but it's some people that came to mind. I'm curious if you want to guess. I don't know if you'll be able to. When these various people had their first appearance on the show, should I go chronologically? What? Should I go by like alphabetically by name? What? what how should I? Do, how should I do this?
1: I would do chronologically. Okay. Yeah, sure.
0: So. I'm gonna I'll go I'll give you a list of names. and I'll okay. go alphabetically by the first name okay. and then okay. then I'll give you a, a time frame and you can tell mm-hmm. me who you think is that person. So okay. uh, the list I have here uh, is Allison, Allison okay. Uh I have Caroline Sita. Okay. Uh, DePance and Gupta. Sure. I have, oh, Corey, I missed Corey. Uh Cory Barker, I have Dr. Elizabeth Bridges, I have Emily Vanderwerf, I have Emily Stevens, I have Dennis Perkins, I have Emma Fraser, I have uh who else do I have in here? I have LaToya, I have uh um Steve Procopi, I have Les Chapel, I have Mo Ryan, and I have my sister. Okay. So that's like the pool of names. And I'm sure there okay. are many other people that I should have right. on this list that I have forgotten. I ap- apologies. Thank you for coming on and being fabulous on our show. Um, so the first one here I have, their first time on the show, was episode 38 okay, in May of 2012. Okay. Who do you think it was?
1: I mean, my instinct is to pie in. Okay. But um, I feel like that's wrong, but I don't know why. But that's my instinct.
0: Okay. The answer is Moe.
1: Oh wow, really?
0: Yeah. Mo wow. Ryan came on the podcast at week thirty eight. Thank you. Thank you, Mo. That was very very generous. <laughs> okay, next I have is episode fifty one, which is August of that same year twenty twelve.
1: Okay. Um I'm gonna say uh Emily Vanderworf.
0: No. De Pion. No. Ah see yeah, you're right.
1: Yeah.
0: Episode fifty five, September of twenty twelve.
1: Well, here's the thing. I at least know it's not Elizabeth.
0: <laughs> it's not Elizabeth. <laughs> that's true.
1: Because Elizabeth came on after I started. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay, I'll, so, I'll tell you something. This is Steve Steve Pricope, for his first okay. uh, of Steve Rose horror picks,
1: which were oh, okay.
0: delightful. Um, then we have episode seventy four, January of
1: twenty thirteen. Dennis.
0: Nope. This is less.
1: Oh, okay. Sure. Less. Okay. okay.
0: Ninety four. June of the same year, 2013.
1: Okay, this has to be Emily Vanderwerf.
0: This is Emily Vanderwerf, yes. Yes. All right.
1: right. I knew Emily was on pretty early in the run. So
0: episode 129, which is February of 2014. I'll tell you this this is Caroline. Okay. And beating out at episode 152, July of 2014. That that's a bit of a hint. End of July, 2014.
1: End of July. Oh, Maggie. Then probably.
0: Yes, that was Maggie's yeah. first Comic Con post. Uh, you know Redux. Then okay. we have uh, 162, uh, which is October of 2014. Do you want me to? Do you want me to refresh you
1: of who's left? Uh so Corey's left. Uh huh. Um, Elizabeth's left, but mm-hmm. I know it's not Elizabeth. Um. Because I know which of like Eliz- Elizabeth's first episode. Mm-hmm. Um, like I'm just um, waiting. I'm gonna nail that one. Yeah. So, um, so Dennis and Emily Stevens are both left. So Corey, Dennis, and then, uh, Emily. Who else is left?
0: Uh, Allison is left. Latoya is, is left, left and LaToya.
1: Emma is left. Emma is left. Um, I want to say, I want to say Latoya.
0: Nope. Because Latoya is the very next episode, 163. Oh, okay. So that's a tie. Okay. I caught that. It's Emma Fraser. Okay. Then 171, December of 2014.
1: December 2014. I'm going to say you had Corey on by this point. No. At least once. No. Was Raw Corey's first episode? I think Raw was the first time he, we had him on. No, no, he was on before that, I think. He was on before that? okay yeah. um, Oh, right, because we bought him on to do Vice, too. We yeah. bought him on to do Miami Vice. He, yeah, his first um, one was
0: Miami Vice, yeah.
1: That's right. That's right. That's right. Um, then yeah, I'll say Dennis for this one. Yes. Yeah.
0: Okay. Then we're at 184. Okay. Which is, uh, March of
1: 2015. Okay. Um, we're getting close to me being on the show. Yes, we're getting close to you being on the show. Um, I'll say Emily Stevens. Yes, that's Emily Stevens to do Columbo. Okay, Which nice. is
0: very on brand. Yeah. Uh, then now we're at your era. And we've okay. got... And there. the reason there are fewer guests after this is because we stopped having guests. But episode 230, which is the end of January of 2016.
1: It's not Elizabeth. So then this is Corey then. This is
0: Corey. Yeah. And then 258, which is uh, August of 2016. Mm-hmm. So who's that? <sighs> August
1: 2016... Wait, August? Yeah. I've already moved up here. Is this Elizabeth? No. No? Okay. This is Allison. This is... A- wow, Allison didn't come on until 2016. What were we doing? I
0: don't know. Yeah, I don't know what we were doing. But the Allison's okay. first appearance of the podcast was in August of 2016, episode 258. Yeah. We were
1: not... We, we did not do well by Allison. <laughs> We've made up for it with another Since. 178 episodes with Allison.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and then 262 uh which is september of 2016 that was our first time having uh dr. bridges on having elizabeth okay. on uh yeah so i thought that was quite an interest when i actually looked up and saw when was when were people on i was like oh yeah mo was on super early very mm-hmm. you know god she
1: was still at the tribune at that point yeah. wasn't she yeah, yeah she
0: was yeah well and i wanted to like you know some looking back on like what are some of the different things as it was important it's important for me to uh, of course, mention the original home of the podcast, Sound On Site, and the the people over there that helped me start it and and put it together. Um, my former co hosts Simon and Sean, um, the the critics who like gave us cred immediately, right? Like Mo Ryan, one of yeah. the biggest TV critics in the country, coming on when we were less than a year old. But like David and Tyler from Battleship Pretension were two of our very first guests, along with. Paul Goebel, Adam Campenar came on really early, uh, which, and then I could say, we've had Mo Ryan and Adam campenar on the podcast. And then people were like, oh, we'll actually like do your show.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, Ryan McGee, uh, obviously, is another one. Uh, Emily he was Vanderwerf. on quite a
1: few times. Yeah. Quite a
0: few times. Yeah. Steve Prokopi with Ain't It Cool News. And uh, I will never forget when that stuff all broke at Ain't It Cool News. Uh, Steve Prokopi immediately resigning from that position and being like, I'm not going to be a part of that. Uh, yeah. I see you. I appreciate you, Steve. Um, So, yeah, like, there was a lot of really terrific, uh, much more established people that (laughs) gave us a lot of
1: cred early. Yeah, and that, I mean, that was such, like, a, like, thinking back, especially, like, 10 years ago, like, it was such a different landscape as well. Oh, yeah. Um, Like, digitally, the television critic and the television discussion landscape was just so drastically different 10 years ago. Um, and that's something I've been thinking about a lot about as well, going into this, of just how very different it is compared to today. Because, um, I mean, we were at near the height of like where TV Club um, was operating mm-hmm. um, and was covering virtually almost everything. I was on television at the time, which was ridiculous. And now it's was barely covering anything.
0: Mm-hmm. Comparatively, um,
1: yeah. Comparatively, And just those kinds of shifts, and the fact that now you'd be hard pressed to get some of these people to come on just because
0: nobody's got the time.
1: They don't have the time, or there are jobs that kind of don't allow them to work off their outside their publication. Yeah, Um, which is something that uh, we ran into when I was trying to get like folks from tbguide.com to come on every now and then, and it was just like we can't. Yeah. Um, cause I tried desperately to get Caitlin Thomas on a number of times. Um, and she's like, I- I'm not allowed to. Um, and so just, it was just a really different landscape at the time. And the discussions that we were having were just really, really different, but we were also just, there was that d- d- degree of excitement about mm-hmm. being able to kind of talk about television in a very d- distinct and different way that... Fed in fed in a lot from Twitter, fed in a lot from transitions in how people were covering television and how we were talking about it. So, like, some of Seppenwall, sure. Um, but just generally, like, there was just this big influx of folks um, doing different stuff. And you were really at the forefront of that. And I really do kind of want to ask about one of the things I wanted to ask about this was what motivated you to start this in the first place?
0: I liked Talking about TV with people who okay. like talking about TV. <laughs> and I yeah, opinions. but
1: like, why would you want to like carve out so much time to talk about it though? Like, I mean, that's like, like we were joking at the start. It's like step one is to do a podcast, and step two is never to stop doing the podcast. Well,
0: like, um, I, I started yeah. writing about TV because in order to do the podcast, I needed to also write for the site. And mm-hmm. they're like, hey, want to be the TV editor? I'm like, I've written a few things. Like, I'm like, Sure. Yeah. Like you can do the podcast, but you have to write for the site. Sure. Want to be the TV editor? Sure. I can be the TV editor. Sure. So that's why I started writing about TV at all. Mm -hmm. Um, And I started doing the podcast because Josh Youngerman, who um, I was going to say friend of the show, but I don't know if we actually have ever had him on. He still has the Sarah Connor Chronicles reserved uh, for when he eventually, uh, you know, when we eventually have him on if that ever happens. Well, we've got Uh, ten episodes. Got ten episodes to do it right. I do really like Sarah Connor Chronicles. (laughs) (laughs) But we were buddies on the film spotting message boards. Okay. um, And he was podcasting with Sound On Sight, doing a series of podcasts about each of the Harry Potter movies. Okay. And he he knew that I was, you know, comparatively at the time a a Harry Potter expert um, and like talking about the stuff. So he had asked me if I wanted to do that with him and then they had different guests on and that's how I actually um, got to know uh, first- Talked with um, David and Tyler from Battleship Pretension because they went on separate episodes of that. And so there was a little bit of a pre-established relationship there um, for when I started. So, And I got a kick out of it. I had fun with it uh, doing it. And so I was like, oh, I, I can totally do this. I could talk all day. I, I I, can talk a lot. <laughs> but it's way more fun if you're talking with people that are, right. uh, you know, similarly engaged and that challenge you and that uh, push you to you know, outside your comfort zone to try different things and to take uh, on and experience art in a different way. Um, so yeah, so that's why I was doing it because it's, it's fun, you know, cause I'm, I'm the person sitting at like, you know, at the time, uh, I was what, like a year out of, out of grad school, working, uh, playing with the Chicago Civic Orchestra and just starting to build up a studio to some extent, which means very unusual hours and, True. uh, like working nights and weekends, but free, for massive stretches of time. And one can only practice so long. Um, And so I had time and this was an opportunity to engage in the, like my, something that had been a hobby and something of an interest of mine for a very long time. And then that fortunately led to many things it led to me writing over at the AV club and having that be a part-time job for myself which is, you know, certainly been uh, something I've been very fortunate to maintain for a while. Um, and, you know, and then it's led to going to Comic-Con, which is something I always wanted to do, but never would have done without that that push. And it led us to some of our other experiences I'm sure we'll get to, lexicon and our, our one-time hanging out in person. Uh, and it's also just the, the timing of when I had time and when there was technology to make this simple enough that it, I could mm. easily do it. Um, right. And that that confluence of, of events really is what came together. And I'm going to now turn it to you and say, like, after you were subjected <laughs> to what we subjected you to doing the the three plus hour long Hannibal podcast, why did you agree to come on and be my co-host?
1: <laughs> um, that's a great question. Five years ago, I don't remember the answer. To I don't remember why. <laughs> <I> said, <yes. laughs> um, no. Um, like. A lot of it, like, boiled down to the fact that I had been, I'd guested a couple of times prior to that. I had done Good Eats.
0: You had done Fully Coolie. Yeah. In 2014. You had done The the Good Wife Season Mm 5, Over the Garden Wall, Mm -hmm. Good Eats, Justice League, and Jessica Jones. And Justice League and Jessica Jones were as, like, a temporary co-host.
1: Okay. right, 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 right. Um, when you were auditioning a bunch of people. Well, I,
0: I wasn't think. auditioning people. I was giving myself a transition period so uh-huh. that I could... No, I was not audition. Trust me, I was not okay. auditioning people. <laughs>
1: um. So, yeah, no. It really boiled down to the fact that I also had time. Um, and I was watching a lot of stuff. And at the time, I was still writing a fair bit over at tv.com. And it seemed like a good extension of doing that and like at the time i was still like thinking maybe i was going to make a real run at this um professionally and that did not pan out because i just didn't have the energy or the motivation to really do it um and also most of those jobs are based in new york and los angeles unless you're really really famous or generally well off enough and established enough that you can get away with being located somewhere else yeah
0: um even those ones don't pay
1: (laughs) yeah and that's the other problem is that it's just it it it's very competitive and also just generally now the last thing this landscape needs is me. <laughs> um and so I think that going back to your question um was that it was just going to be something that was going to be fun. And I was really excited to talk about it with you um specifically because I had had a very good time on the shows that I guested on, the shows that I had guest hosted on and despite being so goddamn sweaty during This Is Our Design, um, sitting next to an air conditioner that I couldn't run (laughs) because it would have been too much background noise, um, that I just was really eager to do that every week. And yeah, so it was just a way for me to do something really distinct and really different. And I was also excited to try to develop a skill set that even five years in I don't think I've developed, which is verbally talking about television as opposed to writing about it. Um because even though now I think I'm bad at both. Um <laughs> well
0: that's the thing the more you do something, the more you learn how much you don't know, right? Yeah. So that's it's not you are, I'm sure, much more proficient than you are giving yourself credit for at this. Uh but I I feel that way too. And and this is something that listeners, we've talked with friend of the shells shoemaker, about ad nauseum about all of us feeling like we have imposter syndrome and like see but you actually you you're the one who has like a real podcast
1: Ah, we don't yeah, have a yeah. real pod- we say that to allison all the time
0: and <laughs> she's like that's ridiculous because you guys are like you guys like have an actual like established like real podcast and my thing is just like it's, it's this thing i do which is how we all feel and that's yeah you just have this thing that you do long enough and then all of a sudden you're established is what i've learned yeah
1: that's fair um so yeah no it basically just boiled down to that cuz I feel like I said yes immediately. Mm-hmm. Um I don't think I took much much if any time to think about it. Um I just was just Thank like, goodness. Yeah, no. <laughs> right no because like otherwise you would have had to find someone for that week. Um but then it also reminds me listeners um my very first episode was the top t- top 10 of that year. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Kate also just gave me a massive shit ton of homework because she was also, (laughs) by the way, BT dubs, we also do this whole thing where we do the best of everything else. Um, so here's this five page Google doc, um, fill it out. And you've got like two weeks to do that.
0: That's like two whole weeks though. For me, that's so much time. Not because I do it well, but because I'm such a terrible procrastinator.
1: (laughs) Yeah, no. And I was just like, I haven't been keeping track of any of this. I don't know what any of this is. Um. Yeah. So yeah that that was a, that was a harsh introduction to the televerse. Again, listeners, I hadn't listened to any episodes aside from ones I'd been on. See, um, I didn't know that. I don't listen to podcasts. <laughs> um, because like little peek behind the curtain, listeners, is I don't like to listen to stuff if I'm on public transit or walking because I like to be aware of my surroundings and I feel very uncomfortable if I'm listening to anything. Um. So I don't. I didn't listen to things. And I'm, because I'm a writer and editor, I can't listen to other people talking because that makes it harder to do those other tasks. Yeah. Um, so I just didn't listen to anything. Um, and so I didn't know that I was going to be expected to do a whole five page Google Doc um, at the end of the year. But at the same time, I joke about that. But every year it sneaks up on me, and every year I just curse kate's name for doing this to me um no i curse myself for being like yeah no it's fine we can do it instead of being like i don't want to do this anymore um because i do enjoy going back through it and then i enjoy talking with you about it and that's really like the big thing is i've enjoyed it for the past five years even if sometimes i've been like i don't want to do it this this week Mm -hmm. I'm going to do it this week because it's important and it's a good routine, and I enjoy talking to you about it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I enjoy listening, talking to our hundreds of listeners about
0: it. <laughs> yeah, well, and that's the thing. Like, like, like they say, with the um, trick to a long-term successful marriage is that both people don't want to leave at the same time, right? Making, <laughs> right? Making sure that at least one of the people is like, hopefully both, but like at least one of the people is doing the work. At any given time. And hopefully you both are. Uh, Because goodness knows there have been those weeks, right, where I'm like. "Uh."
1: Well, I mean, that's the other thing is you haven't missed a week. and That's bonkers to me. Like you were out of the country once and didn't miss a week.
0: I was in Peru. That was. You're psychotic. (laughs) Well, that was episode 42 in June of 2012. Uh, And we did. I want to say it was. Girls season one with um, Simon that did that. Sounds right. With Lindsay and and with, um, I want to say it was Lindsay. It might have been, might have been Justine and uh, Adam Kempner, Uh Justine Smith and Simon Holland and Adam Kempner. And then, but we had pre recorded, I want to say like Twin Peaks or something. So I was mm-hmm. on half of it because I was going to be out of the okay. country when the girls finale aired. Um, gotcha. And I was in the mountains of Peru. I was going like, "Oh, these are these are what mountains actually look like." Ah. Yeah. <laughs> so there was no. So that was the only episode that I didn't edit, um, and that they put they all put up. Uh, otherwise, I've been on everything since then and before then and edited and posted everything as well. I think there are like two episodes that I've been twenty four hours or so late with. But I think that's not mm-hmm. that's not bad. For 500 no, weeks.
1: no, that's that's a ridiculous track record for yeah. a podcast that you don't get paid for. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. And I mean, also, like, round of applause as well, because I've missed like five to seven episodes, I feel like, um, between moving and being definitely I think I missed one because I was sick. Yeah. Um. Well, it also I,
0: speaks to a fluid like a like the fluidity of the recording schedule. Of yeah, creatives, sure. too, right? Which has been yeah. less of an issue, uh, less of an availability, like a possibility in the past few years, as we both have had much more structured work schedules. Yeah,
1: lives. Yeah. Right?
0: But back in the early days of the podcast, like, it was a bunch of people who were underemployed uh, and mm, had mm-hmm. a lot of flexibility. And as you will remember, talking about record, like, re- me sitting a- outside of a Panera using the Wi-Fi. <laughs> um, oh, man. So, and Those were
1: the best...
0: Like, no AC on, uh, and, like, muting myself as soon as I was done talking so I could, like, roll down the windows and be like,
1: <sighs> <sighs> for a breeze. Yeah, and sometimes, like, those, when, like, especially in your case, because I don't think I've ever had a Wi-Fi issue in my case, mm-hmm. um, but then when your Wi-Fi hasn't worked, um, or when, like, something, mm-hmm. we've, we've recorded ourselves talking to each other on the phone, um, which... Is miserable. Just miserable. Um, Because I don't have like a hands-free thing. Because I don't talk on the phone to anyone. Um, But the other thing is. When I'm on the phone. I'm a walker. And I can't walk. (laughs) (laughs) When I'm on the phone. And I need to record it. (laughs) Um, So it's just sitting on the. Sitting or standing. Because like listeners. For the most of the run of the podcast. I typically record it standing up. Um, because it's much easier for me, um, to talk while I'm standing up as opposed to sitting down. And, which is ridiculous when you think about how long our episodes been sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: Yep. Um,
1: but it's, it's just one of those things of like the technology of it, but we've always managed to... Do it, and you've always managed to edit it and put it out in a reasonable amount of time, which again is just mind-boggling to me. Which also feeds into the reason of why I still think of this as your <laughs> podcast, because you do all like the hard labor of putting it together. Um, and I think that that shouldn't be understated or underappreciated as well. Plus, re-recording and making new theme songs all the time.
0: Well, yeah, it's been a while, but yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, you
1: did one for streaming in place.
0: Yeah, well. <laughs> That, that barely counts. I took the one, the previous one, and I just, you know, again, saying it slightly out of tune, breathily, and uh, just don't make sure I don't listen to it. And then it's fine. Because if I don't hear yeah, it, exactly. then it won't bother me. And if I do hear it, it will bother me, uh, which will be shocking to our listeners. What? Kate has an, a strong opinion about a music-related thing. It's even more when it's her. Uh, indeed. Uh, yeah, no, it's, it's it, you know, there have been some interesting record uh, recording situations i still remember recording with you about and sonia soraya about um uh the good wife season five and sitting outside of a panera (laughs) because it was like i would be between teaching and so like i didn't have time you know at that time i was living in downtown chicago and teaching out in the suburbs with a hour and a half to two hour commute depending on traffic each way right and so you know it'd be like okay i can do this time i can carve out like a half hour I'll park outside of the library, use their Wi-Fi, uh, and then that'll allow me to, you know, and then that's a time that I can actually do because normal people have working hours um, and can't just do like 10 a.m. <laughs> um, so, yeah, it, or sitting outside, like there was one time where the power went out. I want to say this was with a friend of the show, Josh Beagle, coming on. And I, it was a thunderstorm, power went out, internet went out drove around in my car found a starbucks that still had their wi-fi going they -hmm. were closed it was the middle of the night and just like okay holding my mic (laughs) and hoping my battery doesn't run out yay um yeah and like
1: really early in the run i remember like anytime i invited a guest on we always had major technical issues
0: (laughs) oh man i still think back in shudder and horror at the wonderful dennis perkins Oh man! To do psych,
1: yeah, like my first time having talking to someone else other than you because that was my first um that was my first like DVD shelf segment was doing psych with Dennis and that was a disaster. We we lost the audio that entire segment. We had to
0: redo the whole thing, and Dennis did. He came back on and redid all of it with us, and so so generous and so like like so courteous about it, and so such a such a you know a sport and great Mm -hmm. guy about it. Oh man. Oh, I still, I still have, like, horror flashbacks
1: about it. <laughs> oh, you have horror flashbacks about that. I have horror flashbacks about the sm- the Borgie that I didn't record most of. And then we had to redo the whole thing.
0: <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, that was not, that was also. Yeah, the first take was a lot longer than the second take.
1: The second take was so quick. They were like, "Yeah,
0: this one that, one, that one, which I'm sure the listeners appreciated.
1: Oh, man, I, I felt so bad. We were so tired, everyone. We were so tired. <laughs> Very tired. You, It had to be like 11 my time, which meant it was like one year time. Because I already moved to Tacoma when that happened.
0: Yeah, it was like, it had been already like a three hour record. Yeah. And we had to have, yeah. so it ended up being like four and a half hours or something ridiculous. Yeah. And it's just like, well. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Yeah, these are the 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 just scintillating behind the scenes stories that everyone just can't wait to hear about. We have we have nice stories too, but like yeah, these are the do. ones that scar us. Do you have any? Are there any other ones that stand out to you?
1: <laughs> no, no, nothing really scarring um, or anything along those lines. Um, no, no, because most of I mean, it, it's really surprising. Like at least for me, because uh, by the time I joined, you had ironed out most of the most of the most of the wrinkles. Um, that it's been a relatively smooth experience and Good. I've always really appreciated like your flexibility when I've been like, yeah, I'm just going to move 3000 miles. Can you find someone to cover the show for like two weeks? Cause I'm not going to be able to watch any television for like a week and a half. Um, <laughs> well, great. But- you can. And let me Terrific. tell you the other side of
0: that. I'm going to move 3000 miles. Oh God, he's leaving the show. Can you find someone for two weeks? <laughs> two weeks. <laughs> easy yeah take your time as much time as you need absolutely
1: i oh, got you everybody. thought i was leaving
0: well oh. i didn't I didn't think you were leaving necessarily okay. but i was like uh okay i hope i hope he doesn't go like it's nice not podcasting i'll stop now
1: <laughs> no 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 no. It's nice not having um, all this homework <laughs> i would have been i would have given you much more notice than that um <laughs> yes, yes i would have come back and done a few more episodes and then been like so
0: <laughs> here's the thing yeah yes. absolutely oh man yeah well let's see we've got oh there but we can't forget the the helicopters at comic-con oh
1: gosh the helicopters it's comic-con um the bane of your existence <laughs> um the bane of my mine existence too because you always had to stop in the middle of a good point and then i just have to wait for them to go away
0: <laughs> yep yep
1: I'm glad we don't do that anymore. Um, but, you know, maybe there'll be some helicopters this Thanksgiving. We'll see.
0: We'll see what happens with that. Yeah, I, I still think that's, like, I keep waiting for them to change that.
1: We'll see. They're not going to change it.
0: I mean, and I'm not going to Comic-Con at Thanksgiving. That's dumb.
1: With a baby.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm going to Comic-Con with a baby, hopefully. Fingers crossed. Just not at Thanksgiving. No. <laughs> when there's a, when the pandemic is over... And also when it's not the first family holiday since, you know, a year and a half at that point. Yes. Uh-huh. But oh man. Um let's see what else. Uh I, you know, like I guess we can go to to some some other happier memories. Um the I, I got to, I've had some opportunities from the podcast that I would not have had otherwise. I got to interview Mike Royce just uh-huh. from just being like, Hey, I we need to do men of a certain age on the DVD shelf. I, I really need to get men of certain age the dvd shelf at some point and he goes oh i can send it to you want to do that and i was like uh hi mike royce sure yeah do you know that that's my podcast versus segment we'd love to have you on He was like oh i just meant i'd send you a copy but sure i'll come on which is again a very different energy than what twitter is now
1: yes exactly yeah yeah <laughs> totally it was different. the wild west
0: yeah <laughs> uh got to interview vincenzo natali which mm-hmm. was really cool. Got to interview Brian Reitzel, which is probably my highlight. Like a couple of
1: times, right? Yeah. yeah. Well,
0: because like, I got yeah. to interview him at Comic-Con and he was like, oh, you actually, you're a, you actually know what you're talking. Yeah.
1: Yes. <laughs>
0: this is cool. Yeah, we could talk. Because like, anybody who's been to Comic-Con and worked any of the rooms know how like, not fun they are most of the time. And so I was just, uh, I so like, my table was just like, a bunch of people, like maybe two but the people had even watched Hannibal and they had like Mm -hmm. three different composers they were bringing around and everybody, because they're not musicians, it's not their area. was asking the same like three questions. And I was like, so in this episode, when you use this orchestration, it seemed like it was connected to like all this stupid pretentious over the top, overanalyze everything thing. And he's like, yes, I was (laughs) thinking that someone noticed. Let's talk some more. It was very generous at this time. And, uh, and then I was able to uh, reach out and email uh, and, and interview him again. To, he he was so cool with his time. I ran out of questions. I hung up with him.
1: I yeah, always, that never happens. No. But um, that's just, yeah, no, that's really just I, intense.
0: I just kept waiting for him to cut me off at like a half an hour. We were going 45 minutes and I was like, I... Like I don't want I don't feel good. I mean, I can keep going, but I feel bad taking your time. Uh, so I guess we'll just wrap it up. Thank you so much. Uh, which is delightful. That was at when I was at ATX, which is another mm-hmm. thing I would not have gone to without um the podcast. Granted, that would have been okay, other than it was lovely hanging out with people there. But yeah. I listeners will remember my axe to grind with the Austin Television Festival, but um, but yeah, there's been a lot of really neat things. And I wouldn't have met, I wouldn't have done anything with the AV Club. I wouldn't have been out at Comic Con. I wouldn't have gotten to hang out with Emily Vanderwerf and gotten to know her, her a little bit better there. And then subsequently, mm-hmm. uh, been invited over to the AV Club um, when she was the TV editor, and then made all of these cool friends I have. In that, you know, it's like it's all. There's a lot of things that splinter off from having done this strange time consuming thing. For the past 10 years,
1: I don't have anything like that. Um, I have I, my only benefit has been having you in my life for oh. five years, um, oh. which has been a great benefit. Um, I don't want to undersell that. Well, um, and it's been great,
0: myself, you as well. Like, of course, of course. <laughs> like, no, 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 no. it's like, too late now. No, but like, <laughs> seriously, listeners, Noel's amazing, uh, and very, very patient with me. Um, but like the we remember we used to do, uh the podcast used to listeners remember we used to do informed opinions and every 10 episodes we have an expert in an area come on to talk about stuff that
1: was, like, i I do not remember that you don't remember I that because it was like because that. i ran out of experts
0: yeah. <laughs> i i did like 10 of them before yeah. i ran out of people uh but I, and i thought I did pretty good because i had i had uh two doctors on i had a chemist on i had a teacher on i had uh lawyers on i had you know like i had a, a, a other scientists on i had like i you know it was, it was a good little thing but after a while there's only so many different kinds of people that they make jokes about uh and i wasn't gonna have like a psychic on so you know that kind of kind of ran out uh remember when we used to do tv resolutions
1: <laughs> i do um <laughs> listeners we stopped doing those because they were a pain in the ass <laughs> there were um... so much work they were just a lot of additional work and we were doing them at roughly the same time that we were really like watching everything for like a DVD shelf. Mm -hmm. Um, but I, they were still generally pretty good. Like, I don't regret at all. Like, my resolution to watch just a ton of nonfiction programming, that yeah. year was great. I watched so much really good stuff that year. Yeah. Um. But now I don't watch any nonfiction programming again. But you um, know you should, so that's something. I know I should, and a lot of it just boils down to the fact that I don't set series records um, for um, PBS anymore. Um, in part because I didn't have PBS for a long time because of like internet cable providers don't really do, um, internet TV providers don't have deals with PBS for the most part. Um, so it's actually really difficult to watch PBS if you have a non-traditional cable provider, um, or television provider really. Um, but now I do, and I should just, like, reset a bunch of things, but, um, that year was great. I've just watched so many things, but then increasingly it just became such a chore, mm-hmm. <laughs> and we became very bad at keeping up with them. I think yeah. we stopped in, like, 2017,
0: 2018? That's, that sounds right. Something like that. Yeah.
1: Yeah. We definitely did not, we definitely have not done any for the past two years, but yeah. I think 2018 may have been the last set that we did, um, because I know that you did web series, um, and that was actually a pretty solid year because I jo- joined you for a couple of those. Um, so that was good.
0: And I did older TV but didn't really keep up with it enough. Yeah, did, you know, there's there are there several of this where, where it's like, oh, it's time for the check in, I better watch a bunch of these. So qualifies, yeah.
1: which is not yeah. And I did easy ones like watch more anime, and it was just like, no problem, I can <laughs> there do you that. Go. There
0: you, exactly, there you go. Winner, winner, chicken dinner. Uh, are there any shows? That you, like, in looking back, that stand out to you, that are highlights. And are there any shows that you have forgotten? I gotta say, I was shocked, because I knew that you were doing more, like, the, like, looking through the shows that we spotlit. So I kind of, I trolled through the list of weekly shows and looked at those. Okay. I blame my Suzuki upbringing. But I remember at least something about pretty much every show that I watched more than a couple episodes of. I kept mm-hmm. waiting to, like, be like, nope, no idea what that is, but then I'd, like, see it and be like, oh, yeah, that was that, like, stupid comedy with, like, meh. that was that thing on FX with Billy Crystal, and that was the thing on, the uh, you know, like, I-, I was, I was shocked, uh, it was more like, oh, uh, Wayward Pines, yeah, I watched all of that. <laughs> Hater!
1: Oh, man, I, th- I did watch all of Wayward Pines, too. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah, but there was lots of wonderful shows, but it was was like, remember remember back when I covered Heroes Reborn for the AV Club and had to actually write a thousand words about each one of those terrible episodes?
1: Yeah, no, I don't remember that because I didn't watch that. Um, Yeah, I couldn't think, I didn't want to like comb through and do the weeklies, Um, so... Um, so a couple of things I did forget. Um, we watched a National Geographic documentary about ISIS called Hell on Earth. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't remember watching that. (laughs) I can tell you nothing about it. Um, and that was like episode 302. Mm -hmm. I don't remember any of it. Um, we, I totally, episode 362, and we talked about this a little bit like week to week. Um, folks, I totally forgot about Reverie. Which is the Sarah uh, Shahi one, right? Sarah Shahi show that I was very excited about and then just petered out. And I, when I got to it, like we did um, Glow, we did the uh, Fully Coolly revamps, um, we did Dietland, which RIP, um, and then we did Reverie, and I was like, "What the is Reverie? I don't remember this." Oh, this show, right? (laughs) Right. Um, just completely forgot about it. Um, and then the last thing I really legitimately forgot about was episode 393. Mm. I forgot about the widow, Kate. Do you remember the widow? Yeah. (laughs) Why? How? (laughs) I
0: mean, I don't remember much. I remember that I watched it. You know, it's Yeah, I
1: like. I was just like the widow. I remembered what it was after. Like, I thought about it for a second. I was just like, "Oh, that's that Kate Beckinsale show." Yeah, that was on. It was Amazon. not good. <laughs> not good. No. Um, but I, then I, I shouldn't also, have like, watched barely, it all. <laughs> yeah. No, absolutely not. Should not have watched all of that. Um, I also barely remember like Barry season two, which we did mm-hmm. in episode four hundred eight. Um, but I think that was for totally different reasons. Yeah, uh, that was not your
0: jam. <laughs> it was much more my jam than yours. Yeah. Yeah
1: oh man um what about you what What have you sort of like forgotten or yeah
0: well, like there like it was one of those like uh I mostly I felt pretty good about the shows that I had given up on like I didn't mm-hmm. I, I, I did not watch Cult very long <laughs> I think I get to like two episodes oh I, uh, man
1: Cult oh man yeah. Cult that was oh those were good days <laughs>
0: What I actually was really uh, entertained by looking back, and there are there are, there are a couple shows that, like, I know that I watched it, but if, like, if, if I had to tell you more than a couple things about it, like, mm-hmm. like, I could tell you, maybe describe the poster, or I could tell you a couple people, or I could be like, oh, yeah, it's kind of like this. It's good. It's not good. Like, that's the level I remember it, and that's about it. But I was actually yeah. really um, pleasantly surprised at, and kind of like, you know... Pat ourselves in the back at the breadth of different types of shows that we've covered over the time. And not not usually at a given time. There tends to be a vibe to the show over different eras. And I think that tracks with what kinds of shows people are making. Um, Yes, absolutely. So, like, there's a lot more, like, dark and gritty dramas earlier in the show's run. Like, we were, (laughs) the very beginning of the show had uh, the hour in uh, Fringe and Hater in okay. Top Chef. <laughs>
1: um,
0: there have been... Okay, how many seasons of Top Chef do you think there have been since the podcast started?
1: Um, So that was 20... It was 2011. It started like way before that, though, is the thing. Mm-hmm. Um, What season are we going into?
0: Uh, well, I just have the names written down here, but I think it's like 18. Oh, okay. Something like that. We're going okay. to Portland, I think we're going, going to
1: director. season 18. Yeah. Um. So, yeah. So you've probably, we've probably done at least, I would say, 12
0: seasons? No, not that many. No. Unless no, you know, that that's so... not counting. There's, there's, this is just the original, but there is oh, also okay, Masters. Oh, so not including, like, yeah. And there is also Just Desserts, because we were covering Just Desserts. Right like, so, like, just the original Texas, Seattle. New Orleans, Boston, California, Charleston, Colorado, Kentucky, LA, and Portland starts tomorrow.
1: <laughs> Portland does start tomorrow. That's very exciting. I'm looking forward to seeing how they do that. Um, yeah. so that's, so yeah, 10, 10. <laughs> yeah, no, but I mean, I was thinking about that too, because we've done like, be- with all of, yeah. with me here, yeah. we've done yeah. like, we did the entirety of she uh-huh. for, um, call it's for Spotlights, um, which I realized when I was going through stuff. Um, so I was just like, "Yeah, no, we've we've covered like a weird range of stuff, which I'm very excited about. We, I to my detriment, we still haven't done like enough kids programming. I feel like, which mm-hmm. is a stupid thing to say.
0: But you know what? But the fact that we're aware of that issue yeah. and we have seen some of the big ones, I think, speaks to again like the the interests in the show. Like so, like in 2011, Louie, Breaking Bad, Parks and Rec. Friday Night Lights, Homeland, the entirety of the run of Homeland, um, uh, which I didn't watch all of, but, like, it's been, like, outlasted Homeland. Uh, Always Sunny in Philadelphia, I've been covering as long as the podcast has been on. Justified, The Good Wife was a big mainstay for a long time. Um, Game of Thrones, like, and, like, now we do a lot of superhero stuff, right? Right, yeah. But we've also done, like ha- like, we've done a lot of sketch comedy over the years. We've done a lot of animation compared to other TV podcasts that don't specialize in animation. We've done a lot of short form kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, and tried to at least dip our toes internationally as well. Um, yeah. We're and,
1: not great at that. Um, but
0: yeah. it's, at least, at least it's a thing we try to do. Um, yeah. And, and that's, I think one of the things I've really was tickled by looking back on it, being like, well, this is the Americans leftovers, uh, breaking bad, mad men era. And then this, this, these years are when we were talking about Key and Peele and Sidney Schumer and Broad City and uh, Playing House and uh, like, you know, lots of lots of ridiculous comedies. And here's where we started doing like all superhero stuff. And here's, you know, like the, the span of the podcast, I went from uh, like, was it uh <laughs> episode 37 is back when I liked Sherlock. And then episode oh, 125 is when I was trashing it. I feel like one of the big shows for our tenure of the show is elementary was a big defining show for us yeah. right like there's there's great tv in every genre and we've at least tried to to f- stick to that as sort of like a, a organizing ethos behind what we watch uh, yeah. and even if we can always do better
1: yeah and i think that that is really kind of important that i mean like especially like in when i had more time yeah same thing um, here I was always like really kind of thinking about making sure that we covered a lot of stuff um, or covered really more specific things um, so that there was a little more depth to what we were doing um, so that to kind of get to that to try to find a way to kind of capture that TV club sort of approach just between the two of us. Um, but I, one of the things I also really liked um, was when we did actual DVD shelves. Yeah. Um, oh man. That and was nice. so like Back when I was going to do stuff, Right. When I was going through stuff to make a list of stuff, I just went, right, we did do Alfred Hitchcock Presents. Yeah, I forgot about that. Right, LaToya did make us watch Fastlane, and I forever (laughs) judge her for that. Um, (laughs) Thank you, LaToya. Yeah. But then, I mean, we also like, we had Allison on to discuss the rap of, like, American Gods, which we were both like Allison, this show is terrible. Why are you trying to defend this to us? Um, But we also like one thing that we didn't do enough of, and we should have, was stuff like what we did for 321, which is when I dropped in to watch A. Malcolm from Mm -hmm. Outlander without any context for Outlander (laughs) apart from having watched half of season, half of the first half of season one, Um, and being like, So, Noel, how does this play for you? And that's something we should have done more of. Yeah. Um, because that's a great experiment, but we've very rapidly like started adop- adopting each other's shows um yeah. so that we can discuss each of them. Um for the most part. Like the reason I didn't watch Outlander is that I didn't have stars. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um and like a lot of the shows that you watched on stars, um like Power, um, that I just I didn't Survivor's have Survivor's Remorse. So, yeah, yes, exactly. Survivor's Remorse, that's what I was thinking of. Um but it was a good experiment that we did. Um, and we should have done more of that, especially <laughs> in the early going when we were still figuring out rhythms and that kind of a thing. Yeah. I do want to like call out like two other really specific things if I can. Mm-hmm. Um, one, um, one of the things that I remember, and this is a relatively recent thing is my sheer delight when we were discussing, um, crisis on infinite earth or crisis on earth X with Elizabeth, And her revealing that she had written a book about Nazi exploitation Uh (laughs) and how very excited I was to find that out Um, because it's such a it's a very established subset within exploitation cycles Um, and her bringing that to that discussion. Of that crossover was just so delightful for me. Um, Elizabeth's one of my favorite guests that we routinely had on um, because she's delightful and deeply, deeply thoughtful. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was just like, th- my my sheer happiness mm-hmm. at finding that out was really, really great. Um, but the other thing, and I think that this is something that we should mention as well and talk a little bit about, was fucking the hundred, man. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, that's uh, that's one of the most yeah. memorable, like definitely our most listened to. By, yeah, uh, no, it was ridiculous, no, not even close. Like, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, that was, mm-hmm. and, and again, another really fantastic and uh segment with with Mo Ryan. So grateful mm-hmm. she came on to talk with us about it. Then that, which also, of course, led to our uh being able to go to Lexicon and uh and meet uh you know hang out obviously together find out that i am not a vegas person
1: (laughs) neither of us are vegas people. we are not
0: vegas people Um, (laughs) it was
1: real good that our hotel was far far away from the strip
0: (laughs) (laughs) but we got to meet uh got to meet elizabeth we got to you know do a lot of things that otherwise we wouldn't have been able to do but that was a really um yeah that's one of those segments that I think I could probably listen to again and be okay with and be proud of. Um, yeah,
1: absolutely. Like it was a great conversation that we had and we had it so fast too. was yeah. the
0: thing. I was just so angry.
1: <laughs> yeah. 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 Which there is was, understandable.
0: Well, it was just one of those, like, you know, and there've been a few of those moments yeah. in the, you know, in our time podcasting together where it's like, you watch something and you're just like, I need to, I need to podcast about this. I'm just, I'm just so angry. Three come to mind.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh,
0: the hundred is one. Yeah. Um, we didn't actually podcast about it immediately, but The Good Wife, with the very surprised death there, and mm-hmm. I, that one I wasn't angry; I just was shook.
1: Yeah, no, everyone was except me because I knew he was leaving because of like contract stuff. Yeah. I just didn't know how.
0: Yeah, <laughs> I was just like sitting there. I was like, I was like, I don't know what to do. I. I Need to be podcasting right now, and but I,
1: it, it, it was airing on Sundays, and I was yeah. just like, I have to go to work in the morning. Well, yeah, case. exactly. No,
0: like, no, there wasn't like that's yeah. how I felt, but but I didn't, even, I don't think I even reached out to try to podcast no, you didn't, anyway. yeah. But but it's just like it was that, that energy, and then the other one was Game of Thrones, uh, with all that bullshit, which I
1: did, which you did do just without me because I was just like Fuck that show,
0: yeah. You're like, I stopped watching this a long time ago, guys. Um, but that was with Allison and Clint, uh, mm-hmm. where we did a special. I guess just so that we can all pitch about it. Um, but no, I mean definitely the 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 hundred and and yeah, that the conversations that we had, but also the the conversations that we had with the people who reached out um and yes. listened and talked with us, uh, SB Schwartz of course who's come on a few times since then uh to the podcast as well, um, it had so much uh it was really productive and meaningful, at least to me, conversations and yeah. I really appreciated the conversations that we were able to have over that span of time and that kind of linked back to it. Um, People were very, again, very generous with their, their, their time, but also their perspective. And um, I mean, as, as cis straight people um, venturing into uh, a domain and a conversation that we are more spectators in than lived experience. It was um, very, yeah, it was very generous of them to to want to engage with us, to to have those conversations with us, and to all, all kind of process some of that together. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely, 100%. Yeah,
1: that's, I think the thing that um, I'm proudest of is that we did that really quickly um, and provided that kind of an outlet, even if, but also, like, recognized to make that space. Um, mm-hmm. So, because, like, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah. That was a a good one. We done good Mm -hmm. on that one.
1: We did do good on that one. The show Um, done really bad. Yeah. We did less good when you made me watch The Leftovers, and I needed to watch it in a week, and it took me like (sighs) two to three.
0: I'm so (laughs) sorry. Yeah. Well, because I forget that other people aren't, like, broken in the way that I am, where usually I can binge, like, pretty much anything. (gasps) Right? And that, like, I'm like, you know, so in my head that's not you know it's only three seasons but like kate other people don't watch you know like five episodes in a row while they're invoicing and you know not have the like not take on all of the emotional baggage of this incredibly traumatic show (laughs)
1: Yeah, my partner was not. My partner was not a fan of those two weeks. <laughs> yeah,
0: I'm sorry, guys. I'm no, sorry. no, no, it's okay. It's fine
1: because you know I made you watch Clone Wars that week.
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's not the same thing at all. Clone Wars is delightful. That was fun. Yeah.
1: No, no, uh, no. It's also deeply traumatic. Um, well, yes,
0: in a different way, but yes. Um, well, do we have any final? Thoughts or things. I, wanted, I did want to also shout out the various guest co hosts who came on at, at various times. So, yeah. shout out to Emily, Caroline, Carrie Reisler came on, uh, Cooper S. Beckett came on, uh, and uh, Ricky D., Alistair Wilkins, uh, Max Bledstein, Elena Rivera, mm. Winnie McIntosh, uh, as well as, of course, Sean uh, Coletti. Uh, I've already mentioned David Bax. So of course, you came on several times at, uh, at that time. Um, yeah, I've been really fortunate to have such such a, an interesting and uh, wide-ranging group of people who have been giving of their time. And I've been, like I keep saying, very, very fortunate with my wonderful co-host, Noel, and uh, with, without whom there would not have been a podcast <laughs> <for> these past <laughs> five years, not even remotely. It's been such a pleasure. And like, because listeners, we've met in person once. Yes. Isn't that crazy?
1: No, I keep thinking about that. And I'm just like, that's ridiculous. Re- ridiculous and hopefully we'll get to meet in person again soon yeah Um, like you're you're
0: he's one of my best friends in the world and we've met in person once it's just a strange thing That's just a reality of the how technology can connect people
1: yeah oh now i'm sad yeah happy it's
0: happy it's happy no it's
1: happy too but i'm just like so i'm just gonna Um, go watch
0: playing house now and then i'll be just a mess yeah I'll just wait for the the the, the rom com. I still feel I am owed to, with with uh, Keegan Michael Key and Jessica St Clair. But oh, you know,
1: man, yeah. yeah, no, but I'm also like really frustrated because like I'm sad because like we would have had an opportunity to see each other last year because <laughs> my partner and I were training planning a trip to Chicago for last fall um that we didn't get to take for obvious reasons but i was like so excited about it because i was gonna get to see you Mm -hmm. um like hopefully i mean you we would have either driven out to you or you would have come into chicago or whatever um but like i was asking allison for like what the what should i do what should we do where should we go um i barely knew allison at that point too because we hadn't been doing a streaming in place um at that point were we no wait we were
0: yeah but it was still new
1: It was still new, Um, and I just hadn't really talked to Allison a lot prior to that. Um, So, yeah, but now I'm just a little sad. But, like, hanging out with you in Las Vegas was great because realizing that we both were very unhappy in vegas as a space was very affirming for both of us (laughs) but also just like we got to have a good time we went to got burgers together Mm -hmm. we waited for lifts we had the same lift driver twice (laughs) um which never happens um and because i cannot imagine doing that on my own And getting through it. Um, But doing it with you made it much easier. (laughs) Um, Because otherwise I would have just been absolutely miserable. Um, But it was also such a fun joy to record with you in person. And also just the ridiculousness of, yeah, no, I bought my laptop and my microphone and everything. And you were like, we're in person. You didn't need to bring all this stuff. And I just went, right. (laughs) Right, We only need one mic for both of us. That's weird. Yeah, that doesn't make sense. That can't be right. That's not how the professionals do it.
0: (laughs) Oh, man. Yeah, it's been. Yeah, it it was fun. It was a good time. It was a good time. But any final thoughts? Listeners, reach out with your favorite uh, moments of the televerse and uh, over the past years, your favorite segments and things that we should try to catch up in the next 10, 10, 10 weeks, 10 episodes
1: yeah no please let us know um because we can't really mark off most of our other (laughs) um uh bucket list dvd shelves because most of them aren't streaming anywhere though sybil is still on hulu so we may be doing sybil (laughs) (laughs)
0: i'll i'll see if i can find a way to uh to uncancel limitless in the next you know oh yeah you need to work on that going
1: oh man listeners limitless (laughs) <laughs> we should we should do Limitless again before we before we go on hiatus. I think that's what we should do.
0: Should we have that be the last one.
1: Yeah, no. So yeah, that is booked. We're gonna do Limitless again. Okay. I don't know where it's streaming anywhere though. <laughs>
0: it's still on Netflix. It, it, no, it, took, it went down off of Netflix. It was on Netflix for a while. I think it, it's probably on All Access or sorry, Paramount Plus.
1: Yeah, it is on Paramount Plus. So we have to do Paramount Plus for that. Um, that's fine. I'll I'll sign up for it and give you my information.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh goodness gracious! I'm just never. I'm, I'm comfortable with that. I'll take that. I'll take that one. <laughs> I, yeah. I feel like that can be I my, my my badge of honor um as as our closing bit but it's been an absolute pleasure over these past years but also just like (laughs) shooting the shit about the stuff for the past half hour uh and uh yeah yeah man 275 episodes and 500 episodes and 860 episodes (laughs) it's too many it's too many episodes but uh it's been it's been a, a hell of a ride so I'm looking forward to a few more months of it before, you know, who knows what comes next. So thank you, Noel. A baby
1: comes next. Yeah.
0: Yeah. The, it's it's, it's going to be a cultic baby. Right? So the people come out and be like, you really should have taken a second look at this.
1: <laughs> Just, oh, man, we should. I'm going to. We should find some really baby centered television shows to do. So we've got family Guy. No do. really don't. Yeah, no, family guy. That's what we're gonna do. We're no. gonna do all the best Stewie episodes.
0: I actually do enjoy Stewie, but no, no, we don't need because my first like but first thing that came to mind is all the shows I don't want to watch that are baby centric. Um because we already did Avatar. I mean, there's an appa on the wall. Like, like we've already done so, so many terrific shows. I feel like we need to we, we can find some we can do some theming. We can do some theming, but uh there are lots of bad shows
1: with babies should we go back and just do all of parenthood
0: (laughs) again I I, yeah there was a while listeners where I was writing about parenthood every single week as well uh yeah we'll see we'll see we'll to ponder and listeners yeah, okay. you can let us know what you think but we'll wrap it up there um a few show notes you can find a post to this episode over at the televerse.org where you can leave us a comment and let us know what you thought of the week's tv you can like our page on facebook and start up a conversation there you can email us at, at gmail.com. you can uh find us in apple podcast with an m4a chapter feed and an mp3 unchaptered feed we're also up in stitcher we'd appreciate ratings and reviews either place and of course we are both on twitter i am at the televerse
1: and noel you are at noel rk Thank you for so much for a great discussion this week. And thank you so much for f- 275 episodes. <laughs> so many.
0: <laughs> thank you, Noel. Oh, you're awesome. Oh, it's, been a, it's been a lot. It's been it's been a just a ridiculous adventure. I never could have anticipated when I started all this that we would be here.
1: Now. You'd still be doing it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: Seriously. Right. That'd be like, that's ridiculous. Oh, man. Yep. It's like podcasting and obviously violin. I've been doing violin for 30 years, so. Podcasting's is not going to beat violin, but, uh, it's a long time. It's a long time. And, uh, fortunately it has been a really wonderful experience. So thank you. And thank you everyone for listening. We'll be back next week with another episode of the televerse.